once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C-Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis. Today, we are back again with a guest we've had before but haven't had for a while, Mr. Russ Mikow of Rocksteady Law, who is going to be talking to us about some legal things that most bands don't consider. These are are, uh, things that can end up getting you in a lot of trouble. So, I mean, I know there's that old stereotype of law being boring, but it is extremely important that we go over these things so you guys don't land your band in some hot water down the road. But before we get going, I just wanna say thank you for joining us again and braving the chaos that is me and Curtis. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. I'm glad they didn't cancel the podcast after my last one. (laughs) No, no, not at all. It's important (laughs) that we go over these legal things. Yeah, so, so, uh, were you gonna say something? Yeah, before we start, like, can we can you kind of go over a background of what we were talking about? Because we're going to be talking about um, Soundgarden and specifically what happened with Chris Cornell and the legal situation there. So, Russ, can you kind of give a breakdown to your understanding? Yes. What happened? Yeah, this is a the Soundgarden case is a pretty interesting intersection of band agreements and things you need to pay attention to as a band, and also from an estate planning side, once you've reached that level that your estate might have residual royalties and other monies coming in from the band even after you've passed away. So in this instance, and I'm drawing a lot of what I'm gonna talk about today just from what I've read in the media and other descriptions of the legal controversies between them. And here's kind of my initial impression. I think this is a problem with the band agreement more than the estate planning side of things. Because once you've reached a certain level, bands have to take into consideration, well, what happens if somebody leaves? Whether voluntarily they get fired from the band or they pass away. What happens to their interest? Because in most instances, those agreements act as like a partnership between the individual members. And as a general principle, partnership agreements will have sections and contents of what will happen if somebody leaves. And in this instance, I'm going to assume that just from what I know from the general media and everything is that their band agreement, it allowed Chris Cornell's interest to be transferred, of course, to his heirs through a will. But considering they can't actually do anything at this point without the agreement of uh, Chris Cornell's uh, widow, makes me think that the band agreement quite likely requires a unanimous agreement on almost anything band related. Therefore, They need her agreement in order to market things, uh, 
release new issues, uh, reissues of, of past albums or new compilations, things like that. So that's, I think, is what the heart of the agreement or the heart of the problem is that she has a, basically a veto over anything unless she agrees to it. And that would be a band agreement issue. Well, hold up one second, Russ, just so I might make sure I'm following here. And I, and I apologies if I'm not. Sure. Um, so Chris's widow is now considered to basically be a band member legally because she has to approve anything. You, the whole band has to approve anything unanimously, correct? Or a partner in partner. the band, which is probably a separate entity itself sure. legally. Okay, so... My follow-up question to that, and again, apologies if this is a dumb question, is kind of like, so is that a normal thing for the widow or a family member to take on this role after the death? It all depends on what the actual agreement of the band members acting as the band have agreed to in writing and sign. And Fair. a lot of bands will fall into the... Well, everybody wants to get along. Yeah. If you're in a band, and everybody you want everybody to have an equal say in what happens with the band. And a lot of times, if you're a small group and everything, or uh, starting out, that's fine. But at some level, if you get big, what happens if one member doesn't agree? Yeah. Well, then nothing happens, and that's a problem in the general business community itself not just music band related because yeah. then you fall into problems like this where nothing happens. And it's perfectly legitimate that Chris Cornell and his will, you know, passed his interest in the band and the partnership into his uh, heirs, his wife. Yeah. But that also begs the question in the band agreement was there a provision allowing the other members to buy out the widow's or heir's interest? If yeah. so, that solves the problem because then they can make a reasonable offer. If it's rejected, they can go to court and get a court order, you know, and force a sale of the interest through. Yeah. It doesn't sound like any of that's going on here. And it sounds like a big boondoggle because they literally are suing each other to do the most basic things which is not what a band wants to have as an end result in uh this type of situation so a band that's reached a level or is anticipated to reach a level you know of success in the industry where they have a regular revenue generated will want to keep two things in mind one is the band agreement side and the second is what happens if i die so you know because you have to think of both or okay. else you fall into this situation where you require the complete unanimous agreement of everybody to do anything as opposed to having majority rule or super majority rule where two of the three members or three of the four members can make a decision over the objections of one dissenting mm -hmm. member. 
So how do you, again, apologies, this is the basic law question because I, I do not know these things. Um, so how do you kind of set it up then? So that way, if they're, the majority will rule on that without upsetting someone, is there a way to do that? You have to agree to it in the initial agreement that's signed by the band. Fair. Because Fair. you're not going, chances of you getting somebody to agree after the fact is probably pretty slim because at that point, their interests and rights are probably being reduced yeah. in any modified agreement. Yeah. And good luck getting that one person or two people who are considered the problem, you know, to override their decision or their vetoes. So, okay. So I, I, I realize you probably don't handle this type of thing as a regular thing, but if you were the one setting up the contract, mm-hmm. how would you set it up to make sure it was fair for everyone involved out of curiosity? Oh, easy. Okay. That's a simple thing to take care of. You okay. have to have different portions included in the written contract that uh, say if we need to kick somebody out or for whatever reason, one of the members is leaving the band. You have to have specific language in there that says what's going to happen. Do they Are they required to sell their interests back to the band? Are they allowed to uh, retain that interest? the entire rest of their life, which kind of sounds like the Soundgarden situation to my ears anyways. Uh, so you wanna have specific instructions that if somebody leaves the band for whatever reason, that uh, their interest is gonna be valued at market value. And then the it's gonna be sold back to the band, which means the other members would then take over their interest. And that's what happens. And so you have to have that agreement at first. And then Mm -hmm. second, in the case of if somebody passes away, you should have a provision in there that says that the surviving spouse or the heirs do not have a vote or any decision-making authority in the band. And it's left to the remaining surviving members. But would that not be unfair for the surviving heir? Doesn't matter. Doesn't At that matter. point, they only have a potential interest in the future. Fair. They, Fair. Don't, have any, they don't have any right to object to it at, at any point. So, um, Corey, did you have a follow-up before I ask the next question? No, go for it. Okay. Um, I don't know how recent this was, but the last thing I remember seeing was, and I could be out of, out of the loop on the Soundgarden case here, um, that the band tried to buy Vicky out, I think it was like for $270,000. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, do you, I don't know how much you know about that, but can you kind of talk about that? Because that seems like a low offer and I can understand her viewpoint, but I don't know, I don't understand something. <laughs> when I first read that, and I saw the amount that they had offered her to buy her interest in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was pretty shocked, you know, just from my gen- just from my knowledge of Soundgarden, I think that her interest would be worth more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Doesn't mean that she 
won't continue to get songwriting royalties and performance royalties. She'll oh. still get all that stuff that he's entitled to as the songwriter or performer. And she'll okay. get paid through ASCAP or whoever uh, pays out the royalties to, uh, you know, Cornell's heirs. So yeah. that's completely different from her interest in the band. Because if she sells her interest in the band for 275000 she no longer is going to get a percentage of any merchandise. Yeah. Any other things related to it, like let's say if they uh, license a song for a commercial, she's going to be cut out of that if she did it. So I think just looking over the course of her lifetime or the anticipated, like, for lack of a better term, shelf life of the band as a marketable entity, it's going to be worth more to her over time than 275000 and I don't know how they came up with that number. They probably had some accountant or somebody try to put together a valuation. Mm -hmm. And in that instance, she can accept or reject or counter. And the fact that they're making that offer tells me that one, there might be a provision in the band agreement that says that, uh, that says that they're allowed to make an offer to buy the share. Mm -hmm. Or it could just be that their lawyers who are who they're who they hired to help them in this situation have said, let's just make an offer. Let's see if we can get it settled without spending more money because it's definitely going to cost each party more than $275,000 in attorney's fees. Yeah. It's probably already well exceeded. <laughs> that amount with all the back and forth and different suits that have been filed in uh, LA County Superior Court, you know? Yeah. So I don't know where I want to go with this because th there's a lot to unpack on this here. So why don't you just continue with your, your thoughts, Russ, because I'm, I'm not sure where to take this, but I know, I know there's a lot here. Okay. Uh, if it's getting too in the weeds, just let me know. I'm trying to just yeah. do an overview of kind of some of the general issues yeah, yeah. that I see. Yeah. So I, I really think that a lot of it comes down to they made an agreement at the very beginning when the band started taking off and they never changed it as they got uh, more successful because like I said, that'd be hard to probably change it after they got successful. And now yeah. they're stuck with it and they're having to navigate the consequences of their own choices and decisions. And that's so, why it's important that things and issues and potential events like this, where one person passes away at a young age, you have to think about those type of issues when you are, uh, negotiating or coming up with an agreement before it's signed. And most people don't think about that, you know, especially when it relates to the will contest or the estate context. And yeah. will the probate estate have a continuing decision-making, you know, interest and authority in the band, even though the original members passed away? People so, don't think about estate planning because they don't want to think about death. 
Well, Ross, let me ask you this then, because I mean, obviously I would think and that Soundgarden would have had a lot of lawyers at least after they got successful mm -hmm. or you think. Um, why do you think this wasn't taken care of earlier then? Because they would have had like, they must have a big legal team, I would think. They would have to. I would think that they were coming up with this probably around the time when they were getting ready to release Louder Than Love, their first major label album. Yeah. That's usually when bands really come up with a big agreement because if they'd been on Sub Pop or SSD records, like Soundgarden had been, you know, releasing EPs and things like that yep. before they got onto the major label buildup and releases. Yeah, the chances are they didn't even think about it until around that point with Louder Than Love. And yep. then it was a situation of we're all best friends. We're in this together. We're a team. All for one, one for all. Mm -hmm. We're going to treat everybody equally. Everybody's going to have the same right, you know, to make a decision and everybody has to agree or nothing gets done. And a lot of partnership agreements and just business agreements in general are written that way. And it can lead to inertia yeah. where nothing gets done and nothing's able to be done. So how do, so how do you overcome that? Do you, do you have a legal opinion on that? Hmm. Not really, no. <laughs> You have to look at the written words, you know, in the written document. And if there's no way to get out of that situation, you're basically just suing each other to try and get some judge to agree that there's a legal basis to allow something to happen. And yeah. that's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um Corey, did you want to ask a question? I keep thinking you, you, you got a question. I have a follow-up. So we keep talking about and bringing up band agreements mm -hmm. and, you know, how difficult it is to change that. How often should a band maybe revisit their agreement just to make sure that everybody is on the same page? Because mm -hmm. an agreement that was settled on, you know, six years prior, mm -hmm. a lot can change um, in those six years. So would you recommend like annually, they just revisit everything to make sure that everybody's on the same page. And then on the flip side, mm -hmm. as members change, Ooh. how could those band agreements be revisited? Great questions. And uh, the first one is anytime there's a major change with the band whether a member leaves and new members coming in or you're signing a new record contract or marketing agreement with somebody, you know, major big changes are a good time to reevaluate and review what had originally been agreed to. So, and that's in general is like an estate planning type of advice I give to my clients is anytime there's a major life change, go take your estate planning documents into the lawyer, have them look at it because there might be some big changes that need to be made. So those kind of relate together in the band agreement and the estate planning sides. But also uh, when it comes to, I'm glad you mentioned Corey about the band members leaving and what happens because that happens, you know, quite regularly. And that's why you have situations where a band's out touring like Testament and you got the 
members who've gone in and out, like Alex Skolnick and the bass player, who they're not, they don't have any ownership interest or decision-making authority or anything in the band anymore because they went and they left, the remaining members bought out their interest. So that's why it's Chuck Billy and, uh, <clears throat> and the guitar player, the other guitar player, the guys who've been in it the entire time. They own Testament. Everybody else is a for hire contract employee of the band. They're not even employees, they're basically independent contractors. You know, they sign up and they get paid a set rate for doing a tour or recording an album, but they don't have any authority to say anything about how the bands run. And if they don't like it, they can leave. They can find somebody else to play bass. And that's what they've done, unfortunately, to the original bass player. And I can see how, from his perspective, you know, it's a pretty raw topic. Mm -hmm. But it sounds, from everything I've read on that type of case, they uh, that was in the agreement. And he accepted the payout. And he sold his interest. So... A lot of it comes down, I guess, to answer even further a previous question. You don't want to be in the position of having buyer's remorse or seller's remorse. And these are important things that need to be considered before you sign anything and write, before you sign any agreement. Because, like I said, it's going to be hard to undo it later on. And... Uh, so did I answer your questions, Corey? You did. And then I have another one. You mentioned any major changes with the band, the band agreement should be looked at. What about major changes in the personal lives of the other members? So say one of the members gets married or mm -hmm. has a kid or something like that. Are there any instances where the band agreement should be revisited in those kind of instances when it's like, okay, well, if I pass away, my wife or my kid gets XYZ. Is that another good time for people to revisit these things? Not especially because mm -hmm. any of the state planning side of things where what will happen, the interest will go to the spouse, what the spouse can do. That's on the estate planning side of things. That's not going to have any sort of reason or ground to uh, re redo or modify the original agreement because they're okay. just separate. And it's going to be assumed that the band member's interest is going to be passed down according to state law if okay. he passes away. Um, but I you want to have a provision in the band agreement saying that in that instance, the mm -hmm. band has a right to purchase the interest from the heir. And that if they can't agree on a price, then they can go to court and get a court order saying that uh, the value of the interest is this. And the band surviving members have to pay the spouse a set amount based on the judge's decision or the court's decision. Okay. I want to interject, guys. We've got about five minutes left, just so okay. you guys know. Um, what else do we need to cover in five minutes on this, Russ? Be aware of what you're negotiating. Fair. Be aware of what you're signing. And if you have any problems with what has been presented to you, don't sign it. Take it to an attorney who is knowledgeable in uh, band agreements and things like that. 
and have them look at it because you have a right to independent legal advice before you sign anything. And if you're getting pressured in any aspect of life to do something that you're not comfortable with, that's a red flag. And you need to be aware of it because you're not going to be able to undo it except for the most extreme circumstances. Because the laws presume, the law presumes that you've read what you signed, you understand what you signed, and you actually agree to follow the terms of what you signed. So now what if there isn't a written agreement? Hopefully we got time in four minutes right. to cover. Look to state law. It's gonna be considered a partnership. And you just have to look at state law. Different states have different rules of, you know, what happens in partnerships if there's not an agreement. Uh, what happens to a party's interest if someone dies? Uh, what happens if one leaves? And in that instance, you just have to look to the general partnership laws for the state where the band is set up or operating. Fair. Fair. Cool. Corey, what other follow-ups we got in the next three minutes? I am good on my end. This is a lot for people to digest and absorb. Cool. <laughs> Russ, do you have any final words you want to go over on this? Just know what you're signing. Cool. Awesome. I think that's probably the best advice you can give. And before Russ, we end... I had hmm? one more question. Okay. So I know that in certain legal situations, um, prenups is a good example of this. It is advised that people have their own attorney look at the contract, look at the document. Would you recommend that each member of the band, like the band have an attorney, and then each member of the band have their own attorney look at the band agreement to make sure that it's you know balanced and fair, or is that overkill? No, you, you definitely should, because the attorney for the band doesn't represent the individual members. They only represent the band, hmm. the entity of the band. So they're not going to have any duty to, you know, if one member leaves, they're not going to have any duty to be that person's attorney. And that relates back to your question, which is you always need to protect your own uh, interests. You always have to have your own legal advice advisor look at something before you sign it because you're not going to be treated specially by the band attorney mm -hmm. does that make any sense or am i just like speaking well, in circles definitely does. that's exactly what i was asking okay well, i'm glad <laughs> then <laughs> the answer is yes get your own attorney and have them look at it as well <laughs> Correct. cool <laughs> so to end off i want Corey to do her final 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 question the final. Uh, the final. Uh -oh. The final. What is your favorite dinosaur? Pterodactyl. You know, that is the second podcast in a row somebody has said pterodactyl. I've asked that question a lot, never gotten pterodactyl, and now two in a row. Ah, uh, it must be a trend. I'll <laughs> check Twitter. Cool. Okay, and with that, party on, Corey. Party on, guys. See ya. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. 
You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.